It's time for Meraki Unboxed. We're back once again and very happy to have you with us again on this podcast that we run every couple of weeks focusing on Meraki technology, people and the partners and customers that we deal with uh, every single day. Uh, as I always say, uh, we love to get your feedback on this. So have a listen to the episode. Tell us what you think of the episode. And if you have some ideas where you'd like to participate yourself, we would absolutely be so happy to hear from you. And uh, the easiest way to reach me is to ping me on Twitter. At uh, Meraki Simon is my handle there. If you send me a message, I will absolutely see it. And we'd love to get you involved in the podcast. So on this particular episode, we're going to be returning to a very popular theme at the moment around this concept of new working arrangements that we all are experiencing. Obviously, with the worst of the pandemic over, at least in, in many countries that, uh, that we operate in, uh, we're starting to see people coming back to the office and, you know, it's just not the same as it was before. So what we want to get into here is one of the ways in which uh, we can really think about changing the experience uh, for employees as they come back into the workplace uh, and also for those, of course, who are not physically in that workspace and the technology that can help support that. So in order to take us with that conversation, we're actually joined today by a special guest who's joining us from CloudSpot, one of our premier tech partners. And so I'd like to introduce uh, Matt Brennan. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Simon. I'm really excited to have a conversation about back to the office today. Yeah, we're all excited about that concept. I could hear the enthusiasm in your voice right there. So Matt, tell us what you do for CloudSpot. Well, I'm actually the vice president of our business development activities and our ecosystems. So partners are very important to us as a company. So I focus on them. Awesome. And sort of what kind of background have you got? How did you, how did you end up at CloudSpot? Um, what sort of relevant, uh, relevant experience have you got to bring here? Well, I spent 16 years at Apple, which actually uh, in my uh, you know, background really gives you the experience, I think, to work almost anywhere because mm. the company in that 16 years, you know, had such a journey. Uh, but the vast majority of that time, I performed a similar role, business development in the enterprise space and uh, developed a global strategy and executed that to really widen the range of partners that Apple had. Uh, to go to market with business and enterprise customers. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that you must have covered a lot of ground with that because, um, of course, Apple enormous and we all know them, of course, in the consumer world, but business to business, just as important. And um, yeah, so I, I think that's going to be valid experience that you're going to be bringing to this. I'm excited to have you uh, with us today, Matt. So let's think about um, CloudSpot. Uh, first of all, how do we spell CloudSpot? Let's make sure we get that right. Well, it's spelled with a K. So uh, K-L-O-U-D-S-P-O-T. Uh, and really, uh, the, the company itself, you know, originated from an idea from our founder, um, Ravi Akaridi, ex-Cisco, uh, who believed uh, that there was real value in being able to uh, take what was going on on a network and associate all of the comings and goings of devices with a location. So mm. we created a location awareness platform and our right from day one, you know, we had a relationship with Meraki and Cisco because really we focused on what was going on in that network. And the original thought process was that in large spaces, uh, malls, uh, theme parks, maybe uh, events, convention centers, 
we could give real-time location information that allowed us to do things like um, footfall, dwell times, really giving a sense of what's going on in real time with the people and the devices, sensors that were in the network. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of our heritage. And, and we really started to gain a lot of momentum and traction you know, through 2019. Um, unfortunately, in 2020, uh, we didn't see a downturn. We saw a complete halt right. to a lot of the work we were doing, right? No one was going to malls. No one was going to events. We obviously, theme parks were closed. And so we started to really think through uh, what could we do with this technology and how could we actually really benefit potential customers as we transitioned away from a pandemic. Mm. We started to see that smaller spaces were just as important. And we started to focus on office spaces, knowing that people would eventually come back to the office. How could we actually provide real insights and data to the office environment? Right. And as a result, we did two things. We pivoted to far more uh, concentration around the office network and location. And we also created a, an application and a portal to actually support the employee as they started to come back to the office or, as we're seeing now, live in a hybrid world. Mm. And so you obviously had gained quite a bit of experience in this whole location awareness capability. How, how far back, can you remember how far back uh, you started the relationship with Meraki? It must be quite a few years now, as you said. Yeah, it was, uh, well, the company itself has been um, really working on this technology for almost six years now. So, mm. you know, that relationship was was back around 2016. Um, very, very close relationship through that time. And as we've actually, even though we've pivoted, we've stayed very much connected to Meraki and Meraki's vision around additional capabilities. Uh, we've added, you know, right. camera analysis, we've added sensor analysis. So almost in lockstep, uh, we've been able to provide Meraki customers with that extra, you know, value add mm -hmm. uh, in situational awareness data. Situational awareness data, we believe, uh, is really going to add to a lot of insights we need in the future. And so we will absolutely spend a good amount of time on uh, on, on the sort of pivot to these new working styles. I, I'm just, I, I just love painting pictures for our audience around uh, the kind of problems that you've solved in the past. So you mentioned around expo centers and, and malls and theme parks. You know, what, was some, what were some of the challenges that you initially focused on as an organization to sort of build your strength in location awareness? Well, so uh, one of the things that we were hearing over and over again was there wasn't an element of accuracy in being able to determine true location. And we wanted to really increase accuracy. And mm. so the plan was, and it continues to be the way in which we take that product to market, uh, is to take sensors uh, that could be in the form of you know, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, there's RFID, all sensors that are hitting the network and immediately and progressively attach the geolocation of that device mm -hmm. or that sensor. And so our ability to continually add this geotagging and geolocation to every form of traffic, and then on our platform, create a historic view of it. So real-time and historic 
allowed us to give customers the uh, level of accuracy and timeliness that was just lacking in the market. Mm. And that has been really our strength. And so at any given time, a good example, uh, Expo 2020, which actually ended up in 2021 in Dubai, uh, we were actually uh, managing on any given day, you know, tens of thousands of active sensors that were in, you know, a uh, five kilometer square radius of, a, of, a, of an environment. And we could create heat maps, hotspots. And then as our d technology developed, we were able to do a lot with giving insight and actions. And so we could do things like eliminate people that we knew were staff, not because of a particular device, because of their activity. Mm -hmm. We were able to also uh, trigger events when certain things took place. Uh, and we've continued to build more and more insights from the analytics. And that's transitioned us into the camera as being another big part and our vision product which I know we're working very closely with Meraki on. Mm -hmm. So it's really been this real-time, timely information and then the insights that can trigger events that really gave us a continued success. Mm. And and that's clear. I, I watched a couple of your videos on your YouTube channel. Uh, so th th some cool little cartoons around um, what, what you were doing in sports venue, for example, where you can let people know uh, how long they're going to be waiting or what kind of how busy a particular um, – uh, concession stand might be so that people can choose which one to go to that kind of thing so these are real world uh, challenges but as you said I mean 2020 everything kind of changed and uh, you know we've been in a very different uh, situation ever since then we're gradually clawing back in, uh, in in many different areas so I'm sure that a lot of your traditional work is starting to to gain new feet as well but of course there's this new concept of this of this change so during the pandemic what was the kind of thought processes, you know, as, a, as an organization, you must have thought, you know, this is clearly um, uh, almost like existential challenge as far as uh, as far as location awareness, if nobody's going anywhere. Uh, so, you know, what, how did that have that whole process look? Well, we started to think through uh, what would be more active environments post pandemic so that we could right. we knew that. We were going to come back to theme parks. We we're going to be back in malls. We knew that was going to be the case. But what were going to be other active environments where location was going to be important? And as I said before, that's where that pivot to the office space became very relevant because we knew that activity in the office space was going to come back. Mm -hmm. And knowing a lot about that information that was that that in location presence was going to be significant from decision making, whether it be space management, whether it be decisions about um, the days of the week that you wanted to work. There was a lot of information and a lot of decision-making to be made. And we thought that presence, which is what we kind of try to really talk about it in the office space, was going to be a critical part. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, uh, luckily, uh, we were right. It, it, it's becoming now an essential part of policy execution when it comes to flexible work environments. And what, what, we, uh, what we believe is... I know this is a term thrown around a lot, but truly the future of work. And I mean that in the sense that we don't know what that's going to look like just yet, but it's, it, but it's starting, the picture is starting to get clearer as to where it's going. Right. So we're really excited about the opportunity for us to deliver, you know, this capability to companies that are right at the starting line of delivering a flexible work environment. Mm. 
And and I mean, as you say, we're at the beginning of learning, and we are gaining information every single day that get, helps us get more accurate about that. And I've witnessed it myself. Um, started heading back tentatively into the uh, San Francisco Meraki uh, office, and you know, it's a different world. It's changed, and and now you're, you know, you're in a situation where you've got far fewer people actually physically in the office, but the ones who are there and they need to be able to find each other or avoid each other or whatever they want to do. Um, so the, the kind yeah. of information that we are able to put in front of our employees, um, you know, obviously is going to help, uh, help them navigate that, that new environment. So let's think about some of the, the problems that we, we imagine or that, you, that you've imagined at CloudSpot as you think about hybrid work environments, people coming back into the office and the remote workers, you know, how do we think about or what are the problems that you anticipate uh, from what you've from the research you've done and the, the uh, you, you know the, the progress you've made so far? Well, I think in the vast majority of C-level discussions, the company is talking about four or five really key pieces when it comes to coming back into the office. Mm-hmm. Um, productivity is one and we can go through these in a little detail but let me just r- rattle a few off that i know that the audience are probably nodding as we say productivity engagement flexibility the company's culture uh, the workspace in itself size layout um, you know all of these kind of talking points are being discussed and so we want to really give our customers the ability to address these head on so mm-hmm. let's talk about a few of them mm-hmm. productivity is a great one because what basically happened on you know, March was a 12th, 13th. I tried to forget the actual date because yeah. it wasn't a good one. But basically around that time, we went from being a participant in an office space to overnight the whole office world stayed at home. Right. Yep. And such a huge change resulted in surprisingly some very positive outcomes. One of them was the ability to take video conferencing that had a sizable but not ubiquitous footprint and instantly gave everybody a license, everybody access, everybody learned it, everybody depended on it. That was a very positive outcome because it allowed us to actually begin the process of creating flexibility. Secondly, surprisingly, we had five or more percent and I think across anywhere you want to look, any data point, 5% or more greater productivity. Well, how did that happen? Mm. Well, it happened because we weren't commuting. And as average commute times per day are in the 70-minute range, we were giving 40% of that back to the business. Right. So they were getting 30 minutes or so of extra time. It, it, it takes... 35 minutes for us to get ready to go to work. It only takes us 18 to get ready to go into our home office. We gave all of that back to the business. And so there were some benefits. Along with that, we had a lot of undistracted time to do our job. And distractions are a thing that actually tend to reduce productivity. So there was some very positive things going on. However, we lost some things as well. You know, we, we lost the ability to be collaborative in a creative way. Uh, we lost the ability to do drop-in conversations mm, at a moment's right. notice. Yep. Uh, we lost the ability to su- uh, sustain a culture or even like promote a culture, which can happen far greater in person. So here we've got these two worlds, 
that both of them provide great advantages from a productivity standpoint. And now we've got to work out how to bring them back together right. and stay productive. So productivity is a very big thing. We learn a lot about productivity. Uh, engagement's another one. It's very easy to be engaged in the office, but there are some things that are interesting. Well, if everybody's not in the office, I'm not really engaging with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm at, I've decided to work remotely, I feel like I'm missing out on something. It's kind of like uh, what we got office FOMO. FOMO, you know, right? What's going on in the office? You know, what's who, is my boss talking to another coworker? Am I like slipping down the ladder of promotion? There's a lot of anxiety around that at the moment. Uh, so engagement was a really big thing we, 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 we learn about. So through this process, you know, what we've been trying to do is build on that knowledge and then try to deliver in our product ways to combat that. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's the exciting part of what we're about to see. We've now got an opportunity to deliver technology as a ways and means to deliver first phase hybrid work policy, but evolve it over time so that the employee can be front and center right. in giving them the best working environment that they can possibly have. I, I'm, that's, that's where I think that the pandemic has really given us a great opportunity to build the future. Right. And, and I can imagine a lot of people who are listening to this will have been nodding uh, recognizing what you were describing there. And it's such an interesting trade-off, as you said. I mean, I think we've all had that kind of experience. It was exactly the same at Meraki. Overnight, we're all sent home. I think it was March 10th in our case. But as you say, let's try and forget it now. Um, and, <laughs> and then we, we sort of all had to adapt to this actually very interesting new level playing field. Everybody is, um, you know, everybody's kind of equal in the sense of access to the technology and in terms of access to be able to communicate with each other. Uh, but some new skills needed in terms of, you know, using the tools uh, a little bit more perhaps than just that serendipitous bumping into people that the water cooler effect uh, that you that you have in the office. So a lot of very interesting uh, things change. And, but the productivity, I think, is a really interesting one because, as you say, I mean, we just don't need to spend as much of our day just getting to and from work. And we've got fewer distractions. So it certainly stands to reason that... Um, that there's there's benefits that people have clearly seen as a result of uh, being able to work from home where perhaps they never even were given the option before. I mean, even at Meraki, we we didn't really have uh, that culture. We were very much go to the office every single day. But you know what? I I can tell you it was a lot of distractions in the office. Uh, It was full of life, full of energy, but yeah, a lot of distractions. So it is a trade-off. Uh, I, I think what's interesting is that because we've now got this greater, broader vision, it's just very unlikely that we'll go back to exactly as things were before the pandemic because no, we've seen I, the I, benefits of both. Right? It, it, it's not going to happen. You know, yep. 68% of knowledge workers want a hybrid work environment. Mm-hmm. Now, 72% of those workers or, or the total pool still want smart ways to decide how they're going to go to the office, but we've got now the vast majority of knowledge workers want the flexibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that in order for that to be for companies to, to, to deliver what employees want and need to be the best they can be, they've got to basically have a plan and the plan uh, is going to evolve. As I said before, we want to deliver them with a product that includes the data and the insights for them to evolve that mm-hmm. because Phase one 
is not going to be the final phase. It, it is going to evolve over time. But you're right. We're not going to go back to the way it was. Uh, I think that we now are on the path to a much better yeah, future of work. Right. Uh, I would agree with that entirely. It's definitely what I'm seeing in the early shoots of the phase one, if you like. Um, so so if we think about phase one for CloudSpot, what does that look like? So what's, what, let's bring the technology in now. Uh, what are some of the, yeah. the real solutions that, you're, that you've built and are building to, to help you know, really support this evolving situation that we find ourselves in? Okay, well, let's just break it into kind of two parts because I think it's easier to kind of explain it in those two parts and we can bring those back together in a moment. So think about the scenario from the office perspective and think about the Meraki network that's now basically providing all that information, all of that connectivity from a device perspective. So you've got this incredible network mm-hmm. and you're able to now deliver everything you need to the worker to do their job through that network. But think about another layer here, which is the network of people. Right. Where are those people? Where's their presence? Are they in the office? Are they at home? Where have they decided to be on any given day, whether it's today or it's a day set aside in the future? We try to provide a capability where we can bring those two networks together, the network of data and information and connectivity and the network of people. Right. So just think about that for a moment and let's think about it from the perspective of both individuals, the one that comes into the office and the ones that stays at home. We've provided the technology to do the basic blocking and tackling. And what I mean by that is I've decided to go into the office next Tuesday. I book in to go to the office. You know, if there's still a requirement around health checks or anything like that, we can provide all that. You can book a seat if you haven't got a permanent seat. These are the basic tools to just allow people to decide and then action which days they're going to go in the office. Right. It's table stakes to be able to do that. So that's the kind of phase one I want to, Uh, provide my workers ability to come back to the office. But think about kind of the person at home, the person who's remote, where's their engagement? Where is their connectivity? So our portal then utilizes the information on that network. Remember network of people Mm -hmm. and is able to see where people are. Now it's from the perspective of the office environment, remember that. It's just the office environment. So for example, if I check in, I'm at home, I check in for the day, I can actually, at any given time, I can see if my boss is in his office, if uh, you know my colleague of mine is at their desk, I can basically do the things that I could do if I was in the office. If I walked past my boss's office and I used my two eyes and I looked into his office, I'd see he was there, not with anybody, it would be an opportunity maybe for me to do a drop-in, say, right. you know, speak to me for five to ten minutes. A colleague, I look around, they're at their cubicle, I can go and talk to them. That environment we can provide for the person that's actually at home. Mm. And it is overwhelming from the customers that are using that, how that person increases their perception of engagement, their perception of connectivity. So we were able to do that in a way that it truly stands us apart from other companies that are providing the blocking and tackling that I mentioned before. Right. Along with that, after you've started to develop the data that's required 
you know, a month, two, three, four months, we can start using that data to provide really interesting insights. So for example, uh, we can let you know the better days next week and the week after and the week after that you should go to the office. You know, mm -hmm. Simon, you and I are working on a project. You'll actually have already indicated you're going in Tuesday. Well, it is able to then give me a notification to say Tuesday's a good day to go in. Right. And so now what I would classify as my first level of connections to do my job, we're able now to be able to give them the insight so that they can make good decisions about which days. Goes back to the fact that it's way more productive if all of my first connections are in the office Yep. Then, if only a portion are in the office, so we can continue now to give great insights around that first level connection. We can access calendar information. We can access hmm. WebEx information. We can access a bunch of information that continually hones in on that decision. And we believe that that could be a way to solve the productivity worry that's currently in people's minds. So we think that we've got a capability to over time continue to evolve now what we're really excited about is optimize increasing productivity by now starting to reach out to what we classify as your level two contacts mm -hmm. the people that you don't work with all the time but you might get an advantage if you actually were to have one of those ad hoc conversations one of those creative moments one of those uh, i would say collaborative sessions that just sparked up over a moment and so we're starting to again to develop more and more insights to reach your second level contacts mm -hmm. so over time we want to continue to be able to provide the best possible solution when it comes to your hybrid work environment and we're focusing on the employee and we're focusing on that network of people I love this, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, I love the way that you're thinking about the people first and you're thinking about the human experience first because uh, I'm just thinking about my own personal uh, experience of all of this, and that is that I feel kind of blind. I don't really know you know, what the office looks like right now. I literally have no idea who's in the office, who's working from home today. Uh, I, and you know, you, some companies, are, and when we're thinking about this as well, you know, do we solve this by making our employees or encouraging our employees to come to the office on specific days? Uh, but I think we can get smarter. The technology can, you know, help to build up some real useful analytics around when it's, you're likely to be most productive by going to the office versus staying at home. But that ability to be able to paint a picture in my mind, uh, right, the office is buzzing today. And so, okay, Tuesday looks like it's a really good day to go to the office. So I should maybe put that in my calendar and uh, and think about going next week. And again, those spontaneous type discussions, that second level you were referring to, I like that as well, because that was one of the things that we benefited from so much by physically all being together, which was that just that moment that you hadn't even, you maybe didn't even think of, but you knew in the back of your mind, you got something you need to be, you know, maybe moving towards a new project you're thinking about, uh, new connections to build, and this is a way that uh, that you can sort of do that in a in a bit more of a, a technology enabled way. Sounds like a winner to me. Well, I think that the 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 thought process for us has been there's now a physical presence and a virtual presence, mm -hmm. and we had to make sure that we provided the virtual presence with the capabilities that you just spoke about, because they're the ones that at the moment. Uh, are so 
I would say, thirsty for that. Mm-hmm. The ability as, as, a, as a virtual participant to still be a participant. And then when you think about it, when we've got you know, WebEx integrated directly into the product, you can just very quickly create a, a, a face-to-face meeting session. And so you've got the ability to, you know, like you said, a 360 degree view of what's really going in the office right now, even though you're in that virtual environment, mm-hmm. allows you to be a lot more spontaneous, even though you're actually not in that physical space. So the customers we have right now are just taking advantage of this. And the results so far, although it is early days, knowing that you know we had a hiccup in January, going right. back to the office. And like you said, Simon, you're just dipping your toe in the water. But the early signs are that it's providing real value. Mm-hmm. And this connection between Meraki, the network, CloudSpot, bringing into that WebEx, it truly is providing the value that we anticipated. And we think that it's going to continue to do that. Because remember, our AI engine is just getting smarter and smarter when it comes to that predictive capability. Mm. Yes, and that's that's. I mean, that's a great way to use that technology as well. And and uh, you know, when we think about um, equity as well, just this something which I know is a concern for us. We think about uh, you know, are, do people feel included in the process? Are they getting an equal voice? And you know, when we were all working from home, we all had that equal voice because we all had to be on a WebEx uh, call to to get something done. And uh, and we were all having that remote experience, um, whether we liked it or not. Uh, now, of course, we have that choice. So how do we maintain that sense of level playing field for those who are physically in the office and, and those who are who are working remotely? I think the other thing that's interesting, just to add even more value to this, is that, you know, as an organization, we, we used to hire pretty much, because we wanted everybody in the office, around the physical area that the office is located in. And since the pandemic, I mean, that went out the window. And I'm sure it has in many organizations where we're now hiring, you know, really right across the country, certainly, and and in many cases around the world, and just looking for the best talent that we can get. Uh, And that's really um, opened up a lot of possibilities, I think, for for our own business. And I'm saying all of this because I'm sure it's the same in many organizations. So you're not going to go back. You are going to have people who are going to be um, you know, either semi or permanently working remotely. And so you've got to create that, that's, uh, that level playing field as far as you can. Well, I think Simon, there's two sides uh, to that interesting coin that you just brought up, uh, which is the ability to attract talent. Uh, it's also the ability to maintain talent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the real interesting, I would say, uh, match to watch going forward. If you're a sports fan, because it is going to be the companies that actually implement true flexible working environments that, like you said, uh, don't discriminate for any reason as far as location, as far as technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the ones that are going to continually build highest quality workforces. The ones that, are, that give the indication that they're flexible but aren't really that flexible are the ones that are going to be, I think pretty quickly kind of found out. And I think uh, over time, the great talent is going to be more attracted to that flexible environment. And I think we're already starting to see that, but I think it's going to come to the forefront as we get a year or two into 
or you know post pandemic yes and and certainly the if you look at the labor market the way it's been here in the US uh, in the last 6 months or so we keep hearing about the great resignation uh, a lot of people moving around and as you say they're going to vote with their feet based on the lifestyle the working life balance that they want to achieve for themselves so this kind of technology is obviously going to help companies retain that competitive edge make sure they're competing for the for the best talent out there I love it. So let's switch to the um, uh, to the technology itself that's enabling all of this. So you mentioned, obviously, you have this relationship with Meraki, and it started with location capability via wireless technologies, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and we brought in the cameras so and the sensors as well now. And so how? give me some examples of, of specific types of, of um, uses for those different pieces of hardware. That, that are helping to contribute all the data that's helping you uh, helping you with this goal of yours? Well, from the office environment, we're able to, through our platform, we're able to still perform the same tasks as we were before. We're just now using the data uh, for multiple purposes. So that's kind of how we see it. So, you know, our platform uh, is able to con- continue to, when, when sensors, devices hit the network, uh, in an office environment, it's a lot easier because um, computers, laptops, phones, uh, badges for the office, they're assigned to a person. So mm-hmm. that's much easier to be able to create the data that's required. Right. Um, it, it, at the same time, uh, the devices are actually always going to hit the network. You know, There's not going to be uh, some devices that are off network. Everyone's going to be on the network. So it's it's much cleaner, much in the outside world, there's a lot more randomness to the data. Mm-hmm. And so we have to bring in additional layers and mash those data points together. Cameras become much more relevant in an outside environment. So out of the right. office, because, right. you know, we, we haven't got the same level of reliability with, for example, devices hitting the network and, and knowing um, the actual, whether that device is a new one, whether it's an existing one, because there's yeah, it's just not as reliable. So back back to the office, we're collecting this data from you know different net, uh, access points, getting data from or getting hit by these uh, these sensors and devices. Mm-hmm. We marry that you know uh, that location, and then we're able to then use that for the I would say what we classify as an element of the insights that we use for the software that actually drives the engagement. Right. Um, I will say that a byproduct of all of this, which, by the way, is actually pretty low in most people's priority right now, uh, is an ability to actually space manage, right? We're able to show you what your occupancy is over a historical, uh, you know, journey, three, mm-hmm. four, six, 12 months. What is what is your occupancy level? Do you really need that much space? We're also able to show whether spaces have been mapped out, laid out, and executed well. So you've been in the office, Simon, when you've walked past a spot and you think, I've never seen anybody sit there. Mm. Well, we can actually tell you for certain no one has ever sat there. Yet this space over here is constantly occupied. So maybe you've got the layout slightly wrong. So that's a byproduct of what we do. You've still got the space management. You know, we can talk to your sensors. We can change the HVAC system. We can turn the lights off and on. Those things are byproducts. But the core of what we're doing right now is really, as I said before, about the software that sits on top of that. Mm. It's a portal that allows you to go on and manage what we would classify as your presence. 
It manages your presence. It manages, it integrates with your calendar. It integrates with your collaboration and communication software. And from the one spot, once you've established that presence, you can go in and start engaging and using those tools in a much more targeted manner. Now, you don't have to use the tools through that, but once you go in and start to do a 360 degree view of what's going on in the office, you know, and you hit Simon because you know Simon's at this cubicle, boom, I can basically start up a conversation with him. Or maybe I'm joining. Here's a great example of how powerful this is. You know that when you go into uh, a meeting that there might be six or seven people in, four of them are in the office, two of them are not. There's always this feel, feeling like those people are that are not in the office are kind of distant from, from the yes, situation. Very much. Well, you can now go in and take a quick view or a persistent view of who's sitting where in that room. You kind of get a sense of it beforehand. You can also show your uh, virtual presence in that that virtual in that room as well. So the engagement level just goes up. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where we, we have this software sitting on top of the data platform and it kind of feeds into what you expect to get the benefit from the engagement, the productivity and all those things we've already discussed. So that's how the technology works. And as I said before, we're just continuing to develop different elements of that so that we can obviously add this value to the customer, like we've talked about before, with the employee really sitting at the top of the benefit stack. Mm -hmm. So I'm picturing interfaces for uh, for the business, the people running the the kind of, if you like, the facilities management, the workplace uh, folks, and and I'm thinking about um, some kind of visibility for the actual users themselves. What does that look like? Are they are there sort of apps for devices or web browser? How does that um, how does the interface work? Yeah, so for the business, uh, there is a desktop web browser based uh, application, and the there's a portion of that which really digs into the analytics. Mm -hmm. So we've got dashboards where we show all different data. Um, in different ways, you can go and scrub back and look at historical. You can replay in, in, in you know in real time in inverted commas of you know what might have happened a week, two weeks, three weeks beforehand. So you've got all this historical data, and you've got this dashboard look and view. You can set um, different types of, of actions based on certain events. So uh, we're able to help facilities managers by triggering events. We can trigger a ServiceNow ticket. We can you know, trigger you know, the HVAC system to change. We can trigger all these events and you can stipulate any event based on any uh, API integration with any system you've got. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of from the, service, the facilities management perspective, very detailed. And by the way, that is very unique in this space because the data coming from most of our competitors' products is based on check-in, check-out, booking, check-in, check-out. Well, Humans don't always scan barcodes, you know, um, or QR codes. And, and I say that tongue in cheek because they never do unless it's a menu and they're actually ordering, you know, a pizza. So we, we don't rely on that. And it's very important that, uh, that you get real data that doesn't rely on that. So they get real, real data from the, uh, from the user's perspective. Uh, again, they've got two ways to look at it. It's very, very similar in the look and feel. They've got a, an app that sits on their phone. They've got a web-based application on their desktop. Uh, and they're able to choose the days they want to go in futuristically. That way they can also look at their first-level contacts about what they're doing you know, in the future so they could map. Um, we have a top-down approach, so a manager can do it on behalf of a team. 
teams can go up and choose their own days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's basically that top layer where they're booking, as we like to call it. Um, but we try to look at it as a booking system, which is much broader than that. Uh, and then once they, uh, uh, what they determine their presence for the day, that's when they go and log on to the portal and the portal then accesses all the collaboration tools that they need to. And one of those elements in the portal is the 360 degree view of what's going on in the office at any given time. Uh, and that allows them to do wayfinding, remote wayfinding, pretty exciting stuff when you start to think about this virtual world mm-hmm. that a person remote is actually trying to participate in. It's it's a very interesting space. And uh, I think one of the things which is I'm kind of curious about, because it's clear to me that you're and I love that you acknowledged that you know you're you, as an organization you are watching and learning as things go on. You're you're obviously you've anticipated and now you're looking at the reality and you're able to adapt and improve your offer to uh, to to really match what that reality shapes up to be. So I'm sure there are a lot of organizations and folks listening who uh, you know maybe on this journey as well. They're thinking the same thing. Well, I don't really know where this is going to end up. I don't really know what the end state's going to look like. Uh, any sort of learnings and recommendations for organizations that are looking to improve uh, you know, their workspaces and their employee experience? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that the office space in particular uh, is going to be an interesting, the future of the office space is going to be interesting, there's no doubt. Yeah, here's what I think is really important. They've got to listen to their employees. And I, what I mean by that is, really have a desire to understand what employees are thinking and feeling about the decisions that are being made around the workplace and around the hybrid work policy. Mm -hmm. It's very important to, like, for example, what we have is an ability to turn on a capability that when you uh, determine your presence and when you then turn off your presence, there's a wellness check, just a quick little two-question survey, just about how you're feeling, how's the situation, what, you know, just a wellness capability uh, survey, all obviously optional. What we found is that uh, that's how we're starting to see how those people at home are feeling more engaged because their Mm. level of wellness as they answer these questions is improving over time. And so be honest about the desire to really listen to the employees, survey them, take the survey data very, very seriously report back to the employees that you took it seriously and you acted on what was the voice of the employee. This is going to be a collaborative process. Mm. Phase one, it's very likely that will not have a lot of collaboration involved, except maybe a broad question of how many days of the week. Maybe it's the days we'll start at, but the collaboration will be starting from that moment onwards to actually get to this environment where the majority of the employees really do like and feel appreciated in the decision-making process. Mm. So that would be my most, my advice, because I don't think, I think if anybody was to talk to a company right now and said they had the answers, I think that that's a person that probably uh, you don't want to spend a lot of time with. Nobody has the answers because we just don't know what we don't know just yet. But I think that if it's done in collaboration, we'll get to a good place. 
It's fantastic. And Matt, all the way through this, I mean, one thing that's really stood out for me is your relentless focus on the individual and and the human aspect of all of this. And I think that's vitally important because we are talking about people's work-life balance. And so I think the more we can keep that at the center of our consideration, and as you said, keep it collaborative, we're going to be learning from each other. You know, and and there's going to be best practices that start to emerge as we go into this a little bit more. And uh, the technology that we're talk- we've talked about on the podcast today is definitely going to help to inform that that progress that we're all making together as we uh, as we adjust. I, I will just I will say, Simon, I I truly believe that it will be impossible to evolve it without some form of technology that's giving the insights about what's really happening. Right. Because there's a theoretical side to it, and then there's the what's actually happening, and that's what I think is overwhelming, overwhelmingly uh, clear when we talk to customers. You know, we've been talking to some system integrators who have been with their clients have been working out what the first phase policy is going to be, and then of course the next question is how are we going to implement it? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we make sure that we're we're getting it right? How are we making sure that the policy that we wrote is being followed well the only way we see is with technology but technology that's based on what's actually happening and that's yeah i think that's how cloudspot meraki and cisco we that's how we can provide value to customers tell you what's really happening so you yep. can make the best decisions moving forward yes it's that balance all the time isn't it it's it's the uh the, the supposition the imagination what we think is going to be the right thing to do but then data that actually demonstrates it so the good old data-driven decisions that's what we're talking about here so fantastic matt i love it um let's let's wrap things up and uh, i want to obviously give people a pathway to learn more about um, cloud spot so tell us what the best way is to sort of uh, you know carry on this conversation and learn a little bit more well, there's a few ways. Obviously, uh, if you want to just learn more about us as a company, our website, cloudspot.com, obviously that's pretty clear. We'd love people to follow us uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, we've got uh, constant uh, information flow going through our LinkedIn uh, presence. Uh, and not just about us. In fact, it's very little is about us. It's all about sort of insights, what we're hearing, papers that are being written. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn to learn more about this whole world of hybrid work. And of course, at any time, uh, they can reach out to me, Matt Brennan. Uh, my email address is matt at cloudstock.com. So very simple, very easy. I miss those days of having your first name as the, uh, as the whole part of your email address. Yeah. I love that. Fantastic. Matt, thank you so much for your time today. I really uh, found that an engaging conversation and, and it's affecting all of us in some way, shape or form. So definitely very relevant stuff. Appreciate your time today. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, we appreciate it also. Thanks, Simon. All right. So we'll wrap things up now. Um, Just a reminder one more time. uh, You know, Matt uh, came onto this as a result of a conversation that we had around, uh, you know, this hybrid work and smart spaces that we keep thinking about at the moment at Cisco Meraki. And you'll find plenty more about that on our website. But if you've got a topic or if you'd like to continue this conversation with your own experiences, reach out and let us know. Find me on Twitter at Meraki Simon. And, uh, you know, I will be very happy to hear from you and we'll see where we go from there. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Meraki Unboxed. If you're not subscribed already, please hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And we look forward to talking to you again very soon. Take care and bye-bye for now.